Hello, and welcome to Zombie Fishbowl, a podcast about random shit. As always, your guides through this spectacular soundscape are I, Danielle, and she, Melanie. But this week, something peculiar and deviant. Melanie, care to expand? There's this creature looming over my shoulder. He's never before been here on this show, but to sum up, it's my father. <laughs> For those of you that do not know, my father is world-renowned horror author John Skip. And I and and happy to be so. <laughs> So we've invited Skip on the show to talk about a topic of his choosing. And uh, what topic did you choose, Skip Roo? Well, I chose 4,000 different topics, as it turns out. And then the wheel spun again, and it landed on one of my favorite monsters to hate, the vampire. Those guys <laughs> are assholes. I just want to get that off my chest, like, right away. <laughs> Vampires are fucking assholes. Yes. And um, and I'm going to let you inform me of more facts than I know so that I can then go, yeah, 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 whatever you said. They're assholes, okay? That's how I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I'm going to attempt to um, um, convince you that they are not assholes but simply misunderstood. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good luck with that. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we get into our topic... Uh, shall we have a purge? Uh, yes, please. Melanie, would you like to go first or shall I? Um, your pur- purge is probably more, uh, su- makes more sense than mine. So you go first. Okay, well, mine is very brief, very succinct, and very, very fucking frustrating. You know when you're buttering a cracker? <laughs> <laughs> You know where I'm going with this, don't you? Yeah, yeah, go. Do it. It breaks. (laughs) The integrity of the cracker must already have been compromised (laughs) before you began buttering, but you didn't see it because it's such a little thin little crack. But you know that if it's one cracker came out of that packet like that, you know that there's a very high possibility that all the crackers are going to break when you try to butter them. Yeah. Wow. So not only are you frustrated because you've got one broken cracker that is almost useless in terms of, um, you know, housing any kind of treat, but also now you've got this dread that the possibility of the rest of the packet is also broken. Oh. Don't you just hate that? Yeah, no, I can. I. To be fair, I don't butter crackers very often over here. That's a pretty much you problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> buttered a cracker in my life <laughs> but i can understand when you want to when you want to put something on a cracker and you're instantly disappointed because yeah it's just it's just a disappointing thing i'm sorry for your pain Wait, yeah me too so you don't butter a cracker before you place cheese upon it no no we just place cheese directly on it heathens yeah, <laughs> We don't need to lube the cracker. I mean, it, it's like, it's ready to go. I like to think of it more as, as like a um, a porous, not porous, but you know, like a surface on which the cheese will not slip. Mm. See, the, the, the cracker doesn't really have a whole lot of time between cheesing and mouth. 
So I'm not really concerned about it. But I mean, yeah, there are times I, I go to put the cheese on the cracker and like even before I can get it to my mouth, it's already like falling apart. Yeah. So I can I can relate to this this shitty cracker. Uh, uh, what's the word? Integrity. Yeah. yeah. In, in cooperative yeah. crackers. Yeah. That, that's why I install every cracker I'm about to eat with a a, a wire mesh that uh, <laughs> that has like uh, these these pokey things that go through the cracker. I impale the cheese upon it. It keeps the cracker from scattering <laughs> off in every direction. And all I have to do is contend with this large mouthful of wire and metal. mesh. <laughs> yeah, in, in my mouth. Uh, I would you know, take that over a broken cracker any day. <laughs> yeah, you really. I would say that you should really try it sometime, except for that you should you should never try that at any time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, right. Well, I will continue to eat my brie crackers with butter. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's delicious, but... It, it sounds delicious. Yeah. Just also, like, a lot more work. True. Uh, yeah. And I'm all about not having that much work. I, I, I'd like to recommend some sort of uh, butter spray. We we do like, <laughs> like like an aerosol that exists spray onto the cracker and and that could also possibly uh, serve as like a, an epoxy or an adhesive that would yeah. uh, hold the cracker together and uh, make the cheese stick to it. No no let's just get real real American with it cheese whiz. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was just literally giving me the idea that I could instead of doing all this multiple steps of butter and cheese and everything I could literally just get like spreadable cheese from a tube and just put them straight yeah. onto the crackers and sounds hideous if they yeah, do brie and chutney flavor i'll be happy mm, oh, that actually sounds great you know what I, I would do also uh i would consider just uh melting a bunch of butter and then, then throwing your crackers in it <laughs> and then dumping cheese on the top and then doing it as like a a, a cheese cracker butter soup yeah 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 sort of affair where the crackers become uh, uh, flattened croutons uh, in in the in, in the frightening just movie. a paste of crackers, cheese, yeah. and butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just, yeah. just inhale the food goo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. this. I like this brainstorming. We've identified a problem. We're coming up with solutions. Yeah, really good solutions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always happy to help. That's that's why I'm here. Yeah, fantastic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, so my purge, my purge is actually something that's bothered me for a while now, and uh, uh, it's how disappointing are zebras? Huh? What did they do to you? They're incredibly disappointing. You think of a zebra, you think this really majestic, like horse with these beautiful stripes, mm-hmm. and uh, they're really just like donkeys mm-hmm. with stripes, mm-hmm. and it's really disappointing. Wow. I think you should check your expectations here. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Through my whole life, I anticipated zebras being just like, you know, maybe standing about, you know, at the head, maybe six feet tall, mm-hmm. just beautiful, majestic, mm-hmm. stripy horses of mm-hmm. the uh, of the wilds. No. They're fucking donkeys. They're yeah, like yeah. four feet tall, and they're like, <laughs> they're just not cute. It was really disappointing. I mean, how many... How many individuals of any species that wear stripes like that broad and stuff that that are that impress you as much as you had hoped? Uh, just like tiger sharks. Yeah, there's there's okay. some beautiful ze- uh, giraffes are still gorgeous with their big flashy prints. Zebras really disappointing. 
Wow. Now, have you ever like uh, done like a a giraffe versus zebra <laughs> showdown uh, to see you know who would win? A giraffe, duh. Yeah. Clearly. I don't know, man. Clearly. I don't have know you seen the... them thing attack things with their heads? They like do this scary head ramming thing with their whole. Have you ever seen this? The yeah, giraffe. Actually, the how they fight. No. Yeah. yeah. Melanie. It's, it's like they're they're swinging a. Uh, uh, a sack full of rocks at each other, and the uh, the sack is their neck, and the rocks are their head. Yeah. It's insanity. Giraffes oh, yeah. are bad. Giraffes would kick a, a, a zebra's ass any day of the week, definite. Yeah, I'm team giraffe all the way. Fuck zebras. Okay, but what if, what about if it was like a, a prison break, and there are all these <laughs> all these zebras that look like they just escaped from Sing Sing, <laughs> and, and they descend? Uh, you know, they, they could. As the phrase goes, they could be fairly rough tumblers. <laughs> they, they could give you a really rough tumble. Uh, it's, uh, I'm not, I'm not disappointed in their, their potential strengths or what have you, mm-hmm. but just aesthetically. Yeah. What the fuck happened? Uh, well, you know. Uh, Nobody told me they were stripy donkeys. Nobody told me this. My whole childhood is a lie. Wow. I'm pretty well, sure I know that they were stripy donkeys, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Man, I don't know. I'm just, I, I keep forgetting how disappointing they are until I, I look at one again. And I'm like, oh, that's right. God, that's so sad. I really wish you were as majestic as I thought you were. Well, I'm sure the zebras lose a lot of sleep over it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, a, and they're assholes too. I'm just as God made me, ma'am. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so basically, zebras are the uh, the vampires of the <laughs> of the fancy horse life. Yeah, the fancy horse world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I, I think we've really set shit up now. Yeah. Do you uh, have, do you have a per? Uh, no, no, no. I'm 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 pretty upset that you're upset about uh about zebras just being you know completely not classy and i'm a little upset uh that we haven't really found this cracker butter solution <laughs> I, 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 I i'm working off the pain of, of the day I, I, I don't have any like agenda or anything well that's what we do here is that we we give you our pain uh-huh. and then we can all breathe it out together okay i got all right. it all right are you ready for a good breath okay one two Head is light. <laughs> the room is spinning. <laughs> that worked. That worked great. Oh, I just drugged your water. Sorry oh, about oh, that. Thanks. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, are we ready to start talking about vampires? All right. Yeah, go for it. So, what is a vampire? Dick. Honestly, no clue. I've never even heard of them before. Okay. All right. Just kidding. According to Wikipedia, because this is the definition that I like the best. Um, a vampire is a being from folklore that subsists by feeding on the vital force, generally but not limited to, blood mm-hmm. of the living. When we think vampires, we think of the traditional kind of European romantic vampires. Eh. The undead, <laughs> <laughs> also known as revenants in some cases, would rise from their graves and suck the blood from the living. Mm-hmm. During the Age of Enlightenment, Enlightenment, about 18th century, many sightings, grave diggings, and subsequent stakings took place. I'll leave it to, I don't know, if Danielle, if you got into that at all, but uh, that's that's really all I went into with that. Yes. The first real romantic idea of vampires, as we kind of understand them, was believed to be the fault 
of John Polidori, who wrote The Vampire in 1819, mm-hmm. about 80 years before Dracula wrote Bram, uh, before Dracula wrote Bram Stoker. <laughs> it's backwards world. Before Bram Stoker wrote Dracula. Mm. Have I read it? No, I have. I not. have. Wow. Nice. Because <laughs> I'm so much better than you. I know. Because wow. she's the intellectual one, yeah. and I'm just the sloppy hot mess over here. <laughs> Uh, so, fun fact, John Polidori was present with Lord Byron, Mary Shelley, Shelley's sister, and husband at the fateful weekend the story of Frankenstein was born. Yep. But that's a story for another day. So, vampires. Before they were vampires, quote-unquote, re- they uh, really only existed as demons, spirits, creatures, or monsters in mythology. Every culture in almost every country and continent, as far back as ancient Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. The earliest recorded reference comes from excavated shards of Persian pottery depicting the creatures or demons attempting to drink the blood of man. Um, I tried to look more into it, but my Google game must have been off that day. So mm. that's that's really all I know is that somewhere there exists some shards of pottery mm. with uh, things sucking things on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! Uh-huh. <laughs> you know how they are. So from there, I just have a whole bunch of like creatures and a little bit of mythology. Well, not a whole bunch. I have like four or five. Mm-hmm. So, Danielle, do you want to do your thing? Do you want okay. me to go first? Yeah. Let's see what yeah. you got. Well, I thought I would focus on... This is an opportunity for me to kind of get archaeological on your asses. So I thought I would. So yeah. since this is my major, this is what I'm studying, and I'm halfway to my master's degree, I thought I'd pull out some archaeological facts. Because you can detect vampirism in the archaeological record, or at least belief thereof of vampirism. So people have been burying their dead in very peculiar ways for a long, 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 long time. In archaeology, we refer to it as a deviant burial. Some bodies are just basically treated differently to what you would expect in that by that group in that region and in that time period. So if it's anything that deviates from the norm, it's referred to as a uh, deviant burial. There's problems with that term, but I won't go into it. That's for another day. Deviant burial sounds saucy. Well, um, it's got a lot going for it. I want a deviant burial. I've got another fun term you can put into your lexicon later as well, but that comes okay. later. Often these deviations from the norm are attributed to superstitious practices, some forgotten ritual or archaic belief we no longer subscribe to. Uh, This is, of course, possible and fun to talk about, which we will do. And in the case of vampires, we have a very specific belief in a specific time and place with specific actions that can be cross-referenced to contemporary sources. So it's very, very useful to archaeologists because basically there's loads of paperwork that goes along with it (laughs) in the term of contemporary documents. So there's... Things that archaeologists look out for when they're looking at uh, deviant burials and to try to distinguish whether or not that burial is a vampire or just your regular old deviant. So before I I go into that, I'm just going to do a little bit of background, which is because, um, Melanie, you kind of briefly went into it that um, vampires haven't always been looked at. Sorry, vampires haven't always been this sort of sexy intellectual 
pale, gaunt figure that we know today. Yeah. Uh, traditionally, vampires were more like zombies. They were undead human corpses that were bloated and dark-skinned. Yeah. And they also wore shrouds to hide their appearance. Um, it is a 19th century redesign, like you said, which gives them the the, the, the paleness and the sort of emaciated. Yeah, the the sort of like emasc- um, emaciated vampire. That's that's only about 150 years old. That sort of idea. So we just step back in time to the medieval period. So we're talking sort of 11th till uh, 15th centuries, um, and people truly, genuinely in their heart of hearts, believed in vampires. They believed that they were true, that they were real entities, especially in Central, Eastern and Southern Europe. Um, In fact, the term vampire is Slavic in origin. Yeah. Then with the spread of Christianity in the 10th 10th and 11th century, the burial rites changed from cremation to inhumation. So suddenly you had dead bodies, corpses being buried whole rather than being cremated. Um, and that meant that you could observe a body decomposing, whereas before you couldn't. Yeah. So this belief is very so. So the belief in vampires is up. The ignorance about what how our bodies look like when it decomposes is there because we've never done it before. And now suddenly everyone's in uh, you know burying people whole rather than um, you know cremating them. So now we just not kind of need a match to light the fire and yeah. that is the plague. Mm. yeah yes so with the plague came a kind of mm, a a massive paranoia about what you do with your dead when they're dying and and, and what the hell is going on with the disease spreading and things like that um but not only plague victims were um susceptible to people placing their beliefs of vampirism onto does that make sense no it doesn't make sense does okay Okay, so not just plague victims and plague things, but also sort of the beliefs around who became a vampire at the time would also come from people that were drunkards, thieves, murderers, people who drowned, people who committed suicide, the unbaptized, and witches. Yeah. So all of these people could become vampires as well as plague victims. Yeah, or... the infected. <clears throat> and I found out what was really fun, a fun little fact, is that people used to believe that um, you had a set lifespan and that if anything interrupted your lifespan, you were more likely to come back from the dead huh. to, to finish living your lifespan. So that's why people that die tragically or unexpectedly or of some crazy epidemic disease or whatever they're more likely to be uh thought of to be potentially could become vampires because they've not their finished life. in their life yeah nice. that's, that's kind of fun. i love this yeah so you've got all of these these people in the medieval period believing in vampires you've got plague going on there's multiple waves of plague so you have the plague and then it goes away and then you get it again and then it goes away and again. yeah the plague fucking sucked it eventually killed a lot you know what two-thirds of europe but yeah um, you know it came in waves it wasn't all at once because uh the thing about um diseases like the plague is that they kind of exhaust themselves so they sort of like consume as much as it, it consumes as much as it can and then it kind of runs out of victims and 
shrinks and then as soon as it can start feeding on the healthy again it'll expand again which is why the plague yeah. they thought they got rid of it but they hadn't but it just kind of gone not dormant but it didn't have any victims to latch on to so. yeah i'm sure it's yeah. a lot more complicated than that off. but i didn't really go into it <laughs> <laughs> it took a week off yeah it went on holiday yeah <laughs> well that was fun see you guys in two weeks <laughs> so um, all of these deviants, basically, all these people that are um, different from us, the, you know, the, the murderers and people that have committed suicide and da da da, it isn't that they that the belief wasn't necessarily that they became vampires. It, in uh, most Baltic folklore, it was that unclean spirits would possess their corpse. Nice. So, yeah, which is kind of interesting. So. Um, I've always thought that people like transformed into vampires, yeah. but actually in the sort of old Slavic belief system, it was actually that uh, these these like demonic spirits would possess the bodies, which is kind of yeah. fun. Especially um, they would rise because they were not protected. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why a lot of the sort of um, superstitious practices that I'll get into later occur. They're more about protecting the unprotected corpse. So, uh, yeah, so they, they they roam around at night. We know that. They rise from the grave. They suck blood or life essence or whatever it is, and then they return to their grave. Um, and they're thought to be the cause of disease. So they, they're, they're spreading it with their nasty, you know, unprotected biting. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Fun tradition says that they can be killed by a, oh, it's a word, vampiridija. 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 It might actually be vampiridija. Okay. Vampiridijidu. Yeah. You ram it through them and then you blow a hilarious noise. I'm sorry, all Slavic languages for. Um, yeah, so it's basically a professional vampire hunter. So their word for a professional vampire hunter. Yeah. Or a wolf. Ooh. <laughs> really <laughs> random. Pretty much the same thing. Within the first 40 days of becoming one. So if you, uh. if a wolf or one of these vampire residual didgeridoos could kill a vampire within the first 40 days. So you really need to get your professional vampire hunter on site as soon as possible and yeah. yeah. um, get rid of this because after that they would be really 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 fucking difficult to kill in fact they're nearly indestructible after yeah. that so what does a wolf do yeah that i i literally don't it literally just went <laughs> it just said wolf a vampire digger which i get vampire yeah. and then just or a wolf and there was nothing more to it well i think it might have been just that uh, wolves were really scary and they'd fucking kill you. So, um, you know, it's like there might be some shambling corpse, but then a wolf comes out and, like, tears it up. And it's so like much, done. Yeah, so, so much for that guy. Yeah. Uh, wolf wins again. I need a wolf. Now, what I want to know is uh, how that plays into werewolf stuff, but I, clearly another topic. Well, clearly werewolves and vampires hate each other. Ask any really dumb vampire movie. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and I think that's probably origin for that. Yeah. yeah. That a wolf can kill a pre forty day vampire. <laughs> a wolf just walks by, just like oh, and then it just like falls over. 
Well, there's a proximity wow. of wolf. Wow. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm thinking after 40 days, even the wolf is like, I'm not eating that. Throw a wolf at it. Yeah. It's gone off. <laughs> it's gone off. Yeah. <laughs> so how can archaeologists detect belief in vampirism in the archaeological record? I've been kind of skirting around the subject a little bit. Just wanted to do a little bit of background. Yeah. Um, but there are very specific ways that um, they can be detected. So the practices that stop vampires or the dead generally rising from the grave include, but are um, yeah, include destroying the corpse um, of people they suspect might become vampires by burning it, staking it in the heart, decapitating it, and burying the head at its feet between its oh, legs yeah. or behind its buttocks. Yeah, or somewhere that. away from the body. Yeah. Bury the body in a prone position, which means facing down. Um, presumably, it stops them from knowing which way is up, so they can't yeah. get out. So they, they they dig the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm digging to the center of the earth. Um, <laughs> I'm a very persistent vampire. <laughs> because we, days. <laughs> and we all know that when we die, we re- we lose the concept of gravity and which way feels heavier than the other. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you can stake the body down in the grave with uh, wooden pegs, often ash or preferably iron nails. Yeah. Cover the grave with loads of stones. Can't get out. Um, tie the body up, its limbs. Put, now there's another word for you that I didn't know how to pronounce. Um, Apotropaic. Oh, oh. <laughs> Apotropaic. It's a apotropaic magical items that can avert evil and bad luck. Okay. So bury these items with them in the grave, close to the body. It's supposed to protect the body, co- uh, avert evil, um, and like horseshoes and stuff like that, right? Yeah, basically. But it's um, in these cases, it's specifically sickles and scythes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sickles and scythes are associated with um, like uh, warding off vampirism. And then also you can place stones or brick in their mouths, which stops them from being able to devour other people. Yeah. Nice. So these are sort of like, it's like a checklist Yeah. of, of ways that you can see whether a burial is a deviant burial or not. So if it, if it has one of these characteristics, it's weird enough. So usually you would want more than one to go, yep, that's a vampire burial. But if you're in the right time and place uh, and you've got a couple of these showing up, it's been kind of a default with archaeologists to kind of go vampire, but that's problematic. And I'll talk about that later also. Yeah. I'm thinking um, you dig somebody up and it's like, well, they've got a sickle <coughs> and a brick in their mouth. I think I'm going, I vote vampire. Yep. Well, its head's been cut off, and it's right under its ass. Um, <laughs> it's right under its ass. There's a brick in its mouth. And it's face down. And it's face down. Yeah. And it's got a sickle with it. Yeah, probably a vampire. Probably a vampire. And, and you're in the Baltic stone. region, where they are really superstitious about vol- vi- vampires as well. Almost like yeah. volcanoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was reading about that a little bit. <laughs> Elaborate, please. <laughs> She'll probably know more than I do about the volcano thing. No, no, I just thought I accidentally started to say they're superstitious about volcanoes. I didn't know that there was a volcano thing about vampires. There was this one thing I kind of read about. I gleaned over it because it seemed like it was a little bit more your wheelhouse. 
but there was this one region that where they were particularly really paranoid about vampires, okay. but they were also really close to a volcano. Okay. So I don't know if it was just like this overwhelming impending fear anyway. And, and the corpses were just sort of like that extra thing. Like we already got to worry about this thing. We're just going to like really make sure these guys don't come back from the dead because that's the last thing we need is a volcano and vampires. I think they lived in some sort of valley that was V-shaped and they just had a thing about the letter V and anything that started with it. Vultures! And <laughs> my, that was not the first thing I thought of, Melanie. <laughs> Vaginas. Vagina. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They, they were a really paranoid bunch of people. Yeah. What I'm saying. Most of my examples come from the Baltic region, so um, they they do kind of border up to Greece a little bit. So there's some volcanoes around there. Yeah, uh, maybe I like I said I didn't I didn't do much much research on it. I was just like, why are you bringing up volcanoes in this whole vampire uh, thing? But go do <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. They have one thing in common: they'll kill you. Yes. <laughs> and then the vultures show up. And then the vultures, and then the vaginas. Yeah. Oh my god. Flying vulvas. Yeah. yeah. Like vampire vulvas. <laughs> Vol vultures. Vol instead vultures. of instead of sucking blood, they excrete it. Anyway. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. Oh. <coughs> anyway. So I have like a list of a bunch of examples of archaeological burials that have been found throughout the sort of Eastern uh, Europe that have really like gnarly things um, that have happened to them. Do you want me to go through and, and tell you some yeah, fun? Yeah, let's get some of those. Right. So the skeleton of a 40 to 50 year old male uh, dating from the 13th century was found in southern Bulgaria, close to Greece found with a two-pound iron rod hammered through its chest with enough force to break its scapula. Nice. The scapula is your shoulder bone. Yeah. And his lower left leg was amputated, but buried with him. Huh. Yeah, so by the way, this iron rod that was um, uh, through his chest was a piece of farming machinery <laughs> called a fucking pl- uh, plowshare. So it's a yeah. massive piece of iron like machinery that has been driven through his chest that's broken his shoulder blade and they just for good measure cut off his left leg below the knee so he can't run away nice. <laughs> so he's hopping around <laughs> hopping vampire he's hopping yes hopping vampire oh, have those. i love it yeah oh the visual i have in my head is so cute right now oh. okay <laughs> I'm trying to remember the names of the movies that have uh, hopping vampires. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, God, what was that? Um, um, spooky Lord oh. of the Hopping Vampires. It was like a cheesy 70s like Japanese movie or something. Yeah, yeah. I think they live on an island or something. I don't know. I just think they're cute. They're, uh, you know, some of the only vampires I like. Personally. It makes sense that they would be hopping around if the only predi- if the only thing that the the villagers did to stop him from coming back to life was chop his leg off. He could still kind of get about, couldn't he? They were probably so tired after sticking the plow chair all the way through his shoulder blade that they were like, ah, let's just do the leg. Yeah. Uh, what, what's occurring to me here is that um, basically these people of the 13th century, uh, 11th century, and so forth uh, were just 
pretty much using objects commonly found around the home. Uh, you know, it wasn't like you had to have some esoteric thing that wasn't around, but you could totally stick some metal, put a bunch of rocks on it. Oh, yeah. And, and I have a sickle that I'm not using right now. <laughs> yeah. We'll just toss that in there in case. Although, you know what I would really hate is like to wake up and find out that uh, a vampire stuck its own leg back in, pulled its plowshare out, and in spare hand was holding a sickle yeah, right. by which to smite ye. No, and, no. And, and then as your blood squirted, they would just go la 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 la. Yeah, like and, none of that shit worked. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, funnily enough, specifically iron was used because yeah. apparently vampires don't like the texture of of iron. It didn't say like iron burns vampire flesh, iron um, makes them blind. It doesn't say anything like the only thing I found about the reason why vampires don't like iron is that it's unpleasant to them. So I was like, what? Well, they don't like the way it feels? Yeah. yeah it's so, uh, iron. Gross. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> totally get it. I never, I never wear like ch- large chunks of iron. Well, you're a vampire, clearly. Oh, great. <laughs> then they are assholes. <laughs> That's all coming together. Wow. All right, give us some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. So many. All right, a couple more from Bulgaria. These two were nicknamed the twin vampires of Sozopol. Because they were both from the same town of that name. So this is in Bulgaria. I already said that. Yeah. So one had a, another one had a plowshare like the, the guy above. Sorry, like the guy before mm-hmm. um, through his left rib cage. And the other had some as of yet unidentified metal object in its solar plexus. So this is what this one's really weird because basically it went like straight through the core of the body yeah. rather than the heart. And it was also a massive piece of iron you know farming equipment that had been shoved through by the way all these examples have been sexed as male biological male not gender (laughs) i try try very hard not to use gender pronouns when i'm describing the skeletons but um the most of them are identified scientifically roughly as male which is quite interesting so uh the practice of staking bodies with iron rods was common in um this area of the Balkans well into the first decade of the 20th century. So people were still doing that in the 1910s and about a hundred such burials have been excavated around the area. The archeologist who's sort of predominant around there, um, his explanation was that there was a active religious sect that had retained pagan traditions and that staking the heart of corpses was one of those traditions so okay i'll take your word for it uh, <laughs> moving to greece now to the island of lesbos Yay. the medieval era skeleton of a male was found in a crypt hallowed a crypt hall- hollowed out of an ancient city wall in a heavy wooden coffin now this is already unusual because most in this cemetery were simply wrapped in sheets and buried. So yeah. the fact that he had been put into a coffin and dug into the wall was already weird. Yeah. In addition, it had been nailed down into its grave. So the body itself had been nailed down into the grave with several heavy eight inch long iron spikes driven through yeah. its neck, pelvis and ankle. They were serious about this guy. Yeah, no shit. By the way, this dude was a Muslim. Oh. Yeah. 
So he was already an outsider. So does this make him a candidate for vampiric transformation or is something else going on here? Hmm. Oh, I feel bad for this guy. There's no evidence to suggest that he was killed. Okay. Only that this is how his body was treated post-mortem. It still sucks. Now that's a that's a very important point actually because uh, people talk about um, deviant burials and the assumption is that that person was looked at as a deviant but that's not necessarily true. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it just means that the way that the body was treated was different to other people. It doesn't mean that they were in life treated any differently. Yeah. We're kind of projecting our own um, ideas there because surely if you're going to treat a corpse so badly, you have to justify it by having their life be some somewhat yeah, over. yeah. Mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily true so they could have just been a normal everyday person and then suddenly they died in tragic circumstances and now it's their body that is dangerous and yeah. it's the other term that i was going to talk to about talk to you about which is the dangerous dead it doesn't mean that the person that themselves was a deviant just that they're they're in death they're dangerous so yeah anyway yeah, because of the terrible spirit that went into them or the fact that they became the vampire, depending on which uh, version you believe. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, it was all great. Yeah. Uh, so now let's go to Slovakia. Yeah. A corpse yeah. was found in a 16th century crypt in a church that had its legs cut off and a large stone placed on them. And then the whole skeleton was then buried in a coffin reinforced with iron bars. Nice. So, you know, you've got three levels of protection there. Iron bar, coffin, uh, disarticulated legs, rock. He's not getting out of his grave. Rock. Rock. (laughs) In the Czech Republic, 14 spiked or stone-weighted skeletons in one cemetery dating from the 11th to 12th century was found all young adults of both male and female sex and appear to have died around the same time Mm. so was there an epidemic and they were scared about them all coming back to life very strange (laughs) vampire massacre yeah yes in Poland, between the 17th and 18th century, um, in a cemetery, th- three vampire burials were found. Two buried with iron sickles placed around their necks, both mature males, and one tied up and stones placed in its throat, which that was a younger male. Back to Bulgaria now. An older gentleman who was tall for the time, so I looked it up. They put 1.8 meters, and that means nothing to me. That's five foot nine. I was like, medieval shorties. So he was tall at the time. So he was buried with his feet tied together and a processed white stone over his heart. So the stone was like smoothed and and cut and had been like polished and stuff and placed over his heart. So that's that seems to be magical. Yeah. And then with his feet tied together. Um, another from elsewhere in Bulgaria was found with a weight placed over it, but this time um, with on the head. So like a proper weight placed yeah. on the head. Uh, there's one of my noises for our laugh track. Yeah. Um, back to Poland, a 16th or 17th century skeleton found with a hole in its leg could possibly be from a stake intended to pin the corpse into the grave. And then a stone was placed in its jaw. Um, 
so this placing shit in mouths thing is pretty horrendous. Um, yeah. It's... Right, so I'll go into that a little bit because it actually can get quite gruesome. So the practice of placing brick fragments specifically, as well as other kinds of stones, into the mouth of the deceased, who are feared to feared may become undead, was especially common in Italy and surrounding countries such as Bulgaria, and targeted plague victims in particular. So this one's found with people that more subscribe to the belief that uh, uh, the undead rise and consume the living in more of a zombie-like way rather than blood-sucking way. So by putting these fragments of stone or brick inside their mouths, it would stop them from being able to feed on other plague victims because they would all be buried together in a pit. Yeah, yeah. Um, And if you didn't know which one was the vampire and which one was just a victim, you could just literally be throwing it in with its dinner and it would just sit there consuming all of the, the corpses around it and yeah. eating its way out. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, you know what I really want to see? is like a big body pit with only one body left in it. Yeah. And, 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 and he's wiping his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he's got the one bone. That was superb. Wasn't there um, some practice? I can't remember. I don't know. I may have seen it in a movie or read it in a story where it's much like the rocks in the throat, but what they would do is they would uh, sew up stones in the bellies. So that they would be full mm. or, or seem to be full so they wouldn't be hungry. Wow. That might be I, another kind of uh, like superstitious belief, but I didn't encounter it when I was looking at vampirism. Yeah. It may also have just been a dream I had. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had really weird dreams. I have really weird dreams, especially as a young kid, because I remember that being really little and hearing or it's, knowing that. It's a great idea. Yeah. I think it's- Wow, I'm stuffed. Yeah, yeah. When's the last time I ate? I, I guess, don't remember. I guess I'm good. Yeah. I guess I don't really have to go out. Yeah. Good here. Well, it's kind of like how, um, oh gosh, Greek mythology, um, the, the, the dude got tricked into thinking that he ate his own baby by being given a stone. Yeah, the, the titan. The titan, yeah. Zeus's oh, father. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, yes. the one that Zeus had to slay in order to become the, the king of... Anyway, the we digress. Yes, sorry. Um, <laughs> so there Zeus, are... Zeus was a vampire. I just want you guys to know. <laughs> and, like, the ultimate dick. So... Yeah, total, yeah. Total asshole. Yeah. Serious asshole. Okay. Yeah. So, um, examples of uh, people having um, bricks and, and stones in their mouths are particularly common in plague pits for the reasons that I stated before. Um, and one particular example was found in an, on an island near Venice that had a brick shoved so hard into its mouth that its teeth were broken. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, another example from Poland, they actually removed the upper, upper teeth first and then put the rock in the mouth um, to make sure it was in there good and proper. Right. Um, <laughs> And then for that particular one as well, um, the, uh, the one with the, the, the upper teeth removed, yeah. they had found puncture mark on the lower leg bone as well. So it looked like they'd also been pinned in the grave in the, grave in the same way as others. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry, I'm wrapping it up now. Um, oh, this is great. Yeah, this is super fun. <laughs> so why do people start believing in vampires 
the vampire belief kind of comes from these already established superstitious ideas, yeah. but then in combination with use uh, changing the burial tradition from cremation to inhumation means that people who are uneducated and well not even just the uneducated but people that just didn't know any better have observed a decomposing body and not understand what's happening so because we've been removed from the practice of excarnation which is something that other cultures um do to their um dead which is leaving them out to be exposed to the elements and because we used to cremate the bodies um before decomposition decomposition took place the natural processes of rotting away was unknown and it became really scary and bewildering to a lot of people yeah so there definitely was a fear of the dead coming to life and almost certainly some burial practices are intended to prevent this from occurring i'm not um no archaeologist is saying that there's the that these burials aren't vampire burials. Definitely the the living that were around who buried those people, they did believe that they were treating the body to not come back from the dead as a vampire. But we just have to be careful that we don't lump them all together. And that's just a little thing, because I'm sure that somebody listening might say, well, all of those things are very similar to the way that we treat other kind of deviants, which is entirely true. So um, let me just find my list of examples so not only do people treat vampires in that way but you might find that the bodies of criminals other suicides because suicide is taboo in a lot a lot of places and a lot a lot of times disease carriers and witches so they can all be sort of intermittently sorry they can all be kind of interchanged yeah so although these kind of tick all the boxes to the sort of historical accurate burial of a vampire according to the superstitions of the time there was other shit going on at the same time i just wanted to make that little point that they might they might be zombies and they might be demons (laughs) they might be other kinds of deviants or they could be vampires but it's fun to it's fun to imagine and it seems to be the most logical explanation if you're in 17th century bulgaria and they properly believe in vampires and you find a corpse that's got a stake through its heart um nailed to the bottom of its coffin with a scythe and shit like that with a brick in its mouth you're pretty much gonna go i'm fairly confident that that's a vampire burial yeah and and, um, you know I i was thinking about how um it being predominantly male maybe uh all those vampire guys got taken out that way because all the scary women had been burned or drowned as witches? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. That you would dispose of a witch differently to how you would dispose of a vampire. So we don't find evidence of witch burials because they've been burnt. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Yeah, well, it's really interesting because I mean, a lot of what I grabbed as far as research are, you know, demons and, and spirits in, in mythology, and a lot of those are more about just drinking the blood or, or the life force or whatever, not so much about corpses. So it makes sense that these mythologies have been going on for a very, very, very long time, and then suddenly they're actually watching their bodies decompose, which is not something they'd ever done before. Or, or, so or you quite for a while. You combine that 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 already established mythology and fear of these demons that drink blood. And now you're looking at corpses. It's like, Oh yeah, no, this, this is a whole thing. This, yeah. These <laughs> things are bad. We haven't seen them before. 
because we maybe fundamentally hundreds of years ago knew that they were bad. So we've been burning them because they're bad. You know, I, it just makes sense that all of a sudden vampires took on a much more fleshy decomposing mm-hmm. uh, air. Also with the waves of the plague coming in, yeah. something had to have been spreading that ap- epidemic and they didn't know what. And one of the ways uh, that they thought that the disease was being spread was, you know, corpses. Well, yeah. And, and the original vampires, um, the victims would get really gaunt and pale and, and thin and emaciated and lose their, their life uh, force, mm-hmm. essentially. While the corpses that they were looking at were bloated and red and black and, and swollen and gross. Exactly. Because that's what the original vampires were believed to be. So that's that's really that's really neat. I like this, this sort of evolution of, yeah. of vampires. It's really kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, and actually the most recent examples of people, um, uh, the most recent example that I found of people believing that the dead might walk because they've died in a tragic circumstance was World War One, 1915. Soldiers were known to bury the dead prone, which means yeah. face down, so yeah. that they would, wouldn't rise from the grave. So people still believed um in 1915 that they should bury the soldiers face down just in case not because the person was bad not because they were evil or anything like that but because they died so tragically and suddenly there's a possibility that they may become a vampire or become the undead and it was almost like um it could be considered uh merciful to stop them from coming back from dead at the same yeah. time as uh, being preventative for the, you know, like helping the living. Cause I can just imagine um, being a soldier in, in, sorry, I can't imagine being a soldier at that time and believing that the dead could rise if they died tragically. I'm being surrounded by tragically murdered corpses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some of which you made yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Recipe for disaster. <laughs> there aren't nearly enough World War One vampire stories as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, there's really not. And if there are, we're not reading them today. No. The only one I can think of is a uh, fucking true blood. Mm. And I make a face. Yeah. I... Yeah, she just made a face. Yeah. One one of my favorites is this video game called Blood Rain. Mm. Um which Ubol made a movie of, but did not include the Nazi vampires, which was like part of what made the game so great. Right. Um, I think the main character is a Dampier, and Dampiers are half human, half vampire. They can, you know, walk around in sunlight. They they could use the blood, but they don't necessarily need the blood. It just is what makes them stronger. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's such a dumb, fun video game. This is from like fucking PlayStation One. This sure. Is like, sure. sure ages ago but my favorite thing about this game is that one of the monsters that you fight are these floating uh spinal cords with little like demon faces attached they just like float at you yeah i just i had to bring that up because uh i can't think nazi vampires without thinking uh blood rain yeah but again i mean we were talking world war one i know so they're you know they're cheating here (laughs) okay melanie now that i've done a little bit of archaeology would you like to do a little bit of folklorigy folklorigy um so i got a couple monsters and i thought maybe after we talk monsters we could talk you know uh popular culture things like that (laughs) um so i just i wrote a bunch about lilith and lilith is kind of you know the queen of the monsters queen of demons creator of vampires 
and it's it's long-winded and i just kind of don't want to do it mm-hmm. um maybe maybe i'll do a minisode later and i'll just go into lilith because there's there's a lot to say she's she's sort of like the feminist icon right now but uh yeah i don't, don't want to get into it so let's go into the monsters because i like monsters okay so first on my list and not just because of it's alphabetically fitting is the aswang <laughs> <laughs> Or Aswang, whatever you want to say. I'm going with Aswang. Aswang. So in Filipino culture, we have the Aswang. Though um, actually referring to uh, numerous different kinds of monsters, um, Aswang is most... Per- <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, I can't stop laughing. I'm he's trying. like a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. Aswang. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So in Filipino culture, they're actually um, they're basically ghouls. Okay. You know they they rise from the dead um, and eat living flesh or drink uh, the living blood. Um, they could also be witches or werewolves. It's sort of like a umbrella term for okay. different kinds of monsters in Filipino culture. Though most often we have these ones. So they live in forests. Um, they will most often take the form of a beautiful woman. And sometimes they'll even marry into the human community, into like a small village, okay. or or place themselves as somebody who lives in the community, so that they can easier, ease, more easily feed on the living at night. Okay. Um, they feed on the sleeping. At night, it transforms into a bird, pig, or dog. But what I like about them is that they have this long proboscis tongue. Okay. Um, with like a sharp tip that they will insert into the body to drink the blood. Whereas wow. most vampires, you know, you get the teeth and they sink them in and, yeah. and suck the blood. Like, but this is like a straw, uh, like a yeah. mosquito. They're really hard to distinguish from normal animals, but a good way to, to sort of know if like, if you walk into a room and you see a pig, just sort of like leaning over and, and uh, leaning over your sleeping cousin or whatever, mm-hmm. it'd be weird. But if it's feet are backwards. Oh, that'd tip me off. Yeah. You know, it's an ass long. I yeah. wasn't sure before. But now I'm certain. <laughs> Chase it away. It's running with its feet backwards. Oh, shit. That's an aswang. Uh-huh. There's another kind of aswang, which is one of my favorites, called the tick-tick. Mm. Don't you start laughing about it now. <laughs> Grow up, you guys. I'm, I'm, able, I'm able to drink my wine now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the aswangs is known as a tick-tick. And what's cool about tick-ticks and aswangs is that there's these, these sounds, like, or with the tick tick, it's a it's a very distinct ticking sound. Okay. You can only hear it when it's further away. So as it gets closer, it gets quieter. Mm. Um, much like Oswangs with their ability to blend as humans by day and their creepy proby tongues, the tick tick is extra awful because at night it segments itself, mm. leaving the bottom portion of its body behind, which they will hide, like behind rocks or behind the house or under the bed. Um, and its diet is not of blood but of vital organs. Yes. And the phlegmy discharge of the sick and dying. Mmm. Yeah. When it leaves its bottom portion of its body behind, it sprouts wings. So it, it, it looks like a harpy is how it's described. Do its lungs still flap around on its uh, spinal column? Because I, I saw some really, really stupid, uh, I believe it was a Filipino horror film, that had some of this action going. I'll, I'll remember the name for you 
at a later for date. reference yeah 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 but uh when this thing took off basically it left the bottom of the body it was a head on a long spinal uh uh stem with wings coming out of like its neck or something and its little lungs were flapping around uh i'm not sure but i like it yeah it's pretty good and i'm going with it yeah that, yeah that was the best part of this otherwise incredibly stupid movie <laughs> but it's, it's preferred victim though okay is the baby still forming in its mother's womb exactly yeah exactly so tick ticks are fucking gnarly yeah they're not good they're not cute and that's what that's what i loved about like zombie uh, not zombie, uh vampire mythology is like i i I don't know how it was, but when I was young, I just had this idea of vampires as this kind of just, like, terrifying monster thing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, yeah, probably, like, uh, Interview with a Vampire that I went, oh, okay, so they're sexy. And I was I was totally on that train for, like, maybe two years before I realized that it was just turning me on and it wasn't actually scaring me. Mm -hmm. So I jumped off that train. I was mm -hmm. just like, oh, okay, you know, I, I get it. That was fun. This is not why I want... I like monsters. Yeah. I, I'm going back to my monster thing. I also wonder if pushing the definition to include any mythological creature that consumes our flesh or essence, if you will, blood, is actually kind of moving us away from vampires because the the term vampire is, is a Slavic term. It, if I could go back to my notes... Um, it, it breaks it down where the words come from, and they're all sort of Eastern European words. So the term that we're using, vampire, refers to a very specific set of folkloric beliefs, and these don't necessarily fit into them. They are parallel. Yes. In the rest of the world, but they're not technically vampires because vampires, that term, that word mm -hmm. is used to refer to this Eastern European uh, monster and See, not the monster of Anne Rice, but the monster of like <laughs> bloated corpses. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm I'm more than happy to include, in fact, in in throw in, in enthusiastic to include other um, cultures versions of vampires. Mm -hmm. But they would their terms should are very very much their own. But they fall within the definition if we make the definition very broad. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just that in in mythology, I mean, if you look into vampire creatures of mythology, they are just they're just demons that consume blood or vital life force. So they're not necessarily corpses. They're they're the demons. They're they're the demons that most likely these these people who believed in vampires as the undead, having been reanimated by corpses, were reanimated by. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the spirit that jumped in and took over um, my granny's dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so these kinds of mythologies have been around for for ever. It's kind um, of a, um, a, it's kind of a very clever way of keeping old superstitious beliefs, even when you've been created converted to Christianity, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. you've been converted to Christianity, so therefore you can refer to this entity as a demon. But really, the roots of the belief is older than the Bible. Is older yeah. than those belief systems. Yeah, it's very clever. <laughs> what I want to know is, uh, at what point did vampirism become synonymous with this sort of uh, uh, decadent, uh, aristocratic sort of thing? It's like the, the vampire as the thing that comes in in the fancy uh, cloak who lives in, who lives in the actual castle as opposed to lurks around the burial grounds outside the <laughs> castle walls, at which point the aristocracy got nailed on this because um, 
you know, as much as I'm not a big fan of anybody who wants to suck my uh, blood or vital essence or eat my meat off, <laughs> um, uh, I, I think a lot of um, my innate vampires are assholes thing comes from the notion, uh, the, you know, of, of the decadent, sexy vampire yeah. thing that comes in, uh, seduces you with how, hey, maybe I could be like you someday, and then uh, their big payoff is, oh, and and then you suck all my blood off out, and uh, the the best that can happen is I were I wound up as as an asshole like you or wind up serving you like a Renfield eating bugs and providing other people for you to slurp the essence out of. And, you know, it's just like this whole, uh, gross predatory, uh, uh, aristocracy thing, which, you know, is a lot of what rock stars sort of fed mm-hmm. into, which is why Anne Rice did the fucking stupid vampire Lestat thing. Uh, a, a lady who knew less about rock stars than anybody <laughs> who writes a book about them should. Um, um, although I loved interview with a vampire very much. Uh, it was just sort of like, yeah, we are conflating these things here. Yeah. You know, it's like, <clears throat> well, uh, I think the principle, like if you can't die, <clears throat> right, you're, you're, Reanimated dead, and with the uh, the vampire and Bram Stoker, they're they're not they're no longer rotting. They're they're you know sort of like their their uh, decomposition has ended, and yeah. now they're just sustained. Yes. Um, as as they were, uh, and if you live that long, you either are going to be like a slummy, gross like backwater creature, or you learn how to thrive and you know invest properly, or right. you know you acquire wealth because you've been doing it for two hundred years. You may as well do it well. Have you ever seen uh, Modern Vampires, which was made by Richard Elfman, uh, Danny's brother, who directed Forbidden Zone and so forth? No, great. it's this great movie with Casper Van Dien and uh, uh, oh, a whole bunch of really great people in it. Uh, Udo Kier is in it. Uh, Sold. Yes, but there's this really. Uh, uh, Oh, what's what's Craig Ferguson, the um, the comedian? Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, he he and a bunch of the other vampires are at this swanky Los Angeles vampire pot party, and they're mostly talking about real estate. Yeah. And, and it's really hilarious. It's a really funny movie. <laughs> Matthew Bright wrote it, and uh, Richard nice. directed it. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's 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 really great, and it has a fantastic. Uh, throwback scene to Forbidden Zone where the vampires have this club where uh, people have like their necks sticking out and people can just go in and feed on them nice. while other people are doing the butt dance behind bars and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's it's all really, really cool. But I, I thought that that was one of the, the canniest vampire things that I had seen was just vampires sitting around. There's this one, I think Craig Ferguson's wife has been pregnant uh, for like 200 years. <laughs> uh, and she's been carrying the baby for like 200 years and she's still got the glow. And uh, and <laughs> yeah, and, and they're really well dressed and they're drinking uh, blood out of crystal, uh, uh, you know, very elegant glasses. And, yeah. and they're discussing real estate deals. They're just, you know, it's like, because if you live forever, you got to live large. Yeah, yeah. No, you. I mean, you just totally nailed it. Yeah. And, and I think that's all really, really fascinating. Uh, but I still think they're assholes. Oh yeah, yeah. No one's just nobody's disagreeing with you here. Yeah, I, I think the only vampires that I ever really did not think were assholes 
uh, were a couple of those guys because they were just adorable. Craig Ferguson and his uh, eternally pregnant wife were yeah. just adorable. And uh, the what we do in the shadows guys. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say yeah. about what we do in the shadows. Yeah, they're the people that are kind of failing at winning. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's adorable. You know that that's that's just lovely, but but the the platonic ideal of the uh, successful sexy vampire uh, is one of the biggest fuck yous offered to anybody in the monster kingdom or anybody in the human kingdom because they represent the kind of people, the kind of users, yeah, you know, that just use people up that are all about themselves. They're ultimate narcissists. They're you know, uh, all all you're good for is to take from. And if you have sexy or wonderful qualities of their of your own, uh, they want to own those things. Yeah. And maybe you get to work for them. You know. <clears throat> and, and those it's, versions it's of vampires, fucking... that version of the vampire was created by philosophers and poets. So we're talking mid 19th century, late yeah. 19th century, going into you know going into the 20th, where people are uh, thinking about the elite system and yeah. privileges therein as being very unfair so this rewrite of um the vampire myth to include the aristocracy in fact to be the aristocracy is yeah. very very rebellious and it's the people like byron and shelley and and yeah. you know that are around that are recreating what it means to be a monster and yeah. i think you mentioned the book in your the intro the vampire yeah that's where people started looking at vampirism and the concept of wealth as being very much compatible. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's, it's about 150 years we've been equating uh, vampirism with that kind of privilege, that, that white undead privilege. Yes. Well, and that's what, one of my favorite things about like, like I'm, I'm with you. I'm not actually a a vampire fan, no. um, because for the most part, it's it's just it's cheesy, it's not scary, it's just it's just kind of like weird middle aged lady porn to me I, at this that's point. That's where it's gone now. Yeah. It's yeah. 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 It's a sexy place now, but that's Anne Rice's fault. That's totally yeah. Yeah. Completely <laughs> her fault. But I do love, I, I live for those occasional moments when you can see vampires or a good vampire story where they are just such flawed once humans. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they were once human before they became vampires, so they still have all the dumb, petty, stupid flaws of that with immortality. That's why I loved uh, uh, Light at the, the End so much. Mm. Oh, I just thought Light at the End. All right. The, the one vampire book that I wrote that wasn't a uh, novelization of Fright Night. <laughs> um, but uh, he was uh, Ru- Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. He was such a d bag, and yeah. he was just like, no, but but I'm so I'm so powerful, and people should love me, and I'm so special, and everyone's just like, no, you're still just a douchebag. Yeah. And you, it was just you, it was perfect. It was just great. Yeah. You're 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 an annoying punk. You're not like a cool punk. You're like a dick. Yeah. You uh, think you're a really sexy punk, but uh, it's really kind of sad, and they're just like laughing at him. It's yeah. perfect. That's what I want. That that was the whole thing when when uh, when the character just laughs at him yeah oh and, it's my favorite part yeah um yeah th- that was the whole thing it's like <laughs> <laughs> you think you're so cool you're not cool yeah this is really sad yeah. this 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 confidence that you have really unearned <laughs> it's so good yeah and, and then he kind of sinks off with his uh 
uh, lurks off with, with his little uh, flank, his, his his limp boner bangs, <laughs> yeah. you know, dangling in his mouth. Or like, uh, um, uh, what was the, another good example? Um, oh yeah, hate to, hate to bring it up, but uh, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sure. Um, Spike, who I believe is was inspired by Rudy. Yeah, from Light at the End. Um, <laughs> yeah, Spike was great because yeah, he's sexy. He's he's raw he's punk and then you just have these moments and then he eventually just kind of ends up just this sword sort of sad flaccid sort of like but nobody loves me why won't anybody love me kind of thing and i was just like i lived for that uh, for that or uh john and homicidal maniac in one of the meanwhiles there was this one uh segment where this kid he wanted to be a vampire so bad so um, a vampire comes in through his window and she goes, let me give you the gift of eternal life. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, make me one of you. And she she transforms him. She, you know, drinks from him and has him drink from her. And uh, he's like, oh, I can feel my fangs. I can feel them growing. And then he ends up with these, like, giant walrus tusks. <laughs> like, oh, all this knowledge, my brain. And then his head just becomes, like, freakishly huge. And uh, it's just, like, really, he just ends up this monster. Just yeah. this, like, hideous, sad monster. And he's just, like, walking through high school the next day with these giant tusks and this huge bulbous head. And he's just like, oh, fuck, man. This is <laughs> that, not what I wanted. That didn't work out at all. I love that shit. So, like, if you can turn that, that whole sexy aristocrat Democratic vampire thing on its ass and show me human uh, elements to it. Again, like uh, Dust Till Dawn, it's very raw. These are monsters. They're mm-hmm. they're not so much about seducing you, except for in the most barest of terms. Well, it, uh, strip club. Strip terms. club. Yeah, yeah, like this isn't romantic seduction. This no. is just like look at my tits seduction. Yeah. Here's a whole bunch of alcohol seduction. Yeah. What about uh, and then they're ugly the- ass monsters. It's perfect. What about like uh, I'm trying to remember the movie now. Susan Sarandon and David Bowie. Oh, uh, um, um, The Hunger. Yeah. That's it, The Hunger. This yeah. is another sort of example of, if I remember correctly, it's very sexual, obviously, but very flawed, very oh, unhappy vampires. Yeah. Yes. Well, so. you're, you're uh, forgetting Catherine Deneau. I am. I, it's been so, I literally haven't watched that movie in like 10 years, and the only thing I can remember about it is that it left me with a very sad feeling. Yeah. The only thing I can remember about it is that in the scene where Catherine Deneuve and, and Susan Sarandon are making out, they had all these curtains and they start billowing in front of the bodies. And I'm like, get the fucking curtains out of the way. <laughs> I'm trying to watch you. It was hilarious. Nice. Very classy film. Very classy film. Oh, what's, what's another? Uh, the, the Oh, God, the Bill Paxton. Oh, Near Dark. Near Dark. I hates it when they ain't been shaved. Yeah, I mean, these are just like gnarly, grungy. These are not, these are not romantic vampires. These are just fuck you up, destroy you kind of beasts, and I love that. Yeah, the, the roaming pack of of uh, vampires that go in and invade redneck clubs. Yeah. and live in a van with blacked out windows. Vampires should be scary. No, no, it's it's a badass film. Yes. Yeah, that's a totally badass film. Vampires should be scary. And when they're romantic, I get annoyed. But when they're scary, I am just, I am overjoyed mm-hmm. by it. Here, here. <laughs> well, that was, an, that was a very, very interesting aside. And most of it will remain in. But I'm still curious to know about some other okay. uh, vampiric monsters. Yes. Okay. So I only I only did two more because I didn't want to get too crazy and it works out because I think we're we're going on for quite a bit. Um, so we also have the Alps of Germany. Mm-hmm. The what? Uh, 
the Alps. Uh, they're 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 Alps. Um, sometimes A L P S or A L P E S. They're really known as elves, but they're a lot less cute. <laughs> they're typically male and most often attack women as they sleep, sitting on their chests and controlling their dreams. An attack by an Alp is called an Alpdruck or elf pressure. For as it sits on the sleeper's chest, they become heavier and heavier until they crush the air out of you and you wake up terrified and breathless. How does this a vampire? This is like sleep paralysis. This yeah, is sleep paralysis. Exactly sleep paralysis, yeah. Their favorite thing to drink is from my favorite thing, your nipples. Mm. Men, children, geese, cows. <laughs> you had me at geese. Right? <laughs> but favoring particularly a mother's breast, for they also have a fondness for titty milk. Mm. Um, they, they cause all manner of mischief. They, they tie elf knots into horses' tails. They um, are sort of like an explanation for when a cow's milk goes sour, mm. um, for when you find dead geese on your property. Mm. Uh, apparently it was a thing to find in Germany geese crushed to death on your property, huh. and it was believed that this was because of the Alps. Okay. Um, they also sure. have a habit of re-diapering okay. babies, apparently. Re-diapering babies? Yeah, like to take the diaper off a baby and then put it back on all wrong. Wow. I, so basically, they're an excuse for every fucking thing you did just, when you were drunk in Germany. Uh, <laughs> I could have swore I put the diaper on right. What happens? I, I, yeah, I, I, the, I, the crushed I, geese has nothing to do with the plowing equipment 10 feet to the left or anything. Yeah. <laughs> crushed a goose my, my nipples are sore i don't know it's weird it's freaking abs <laughs> um but they, they i mean you would find like bite marks on a, a cow's udder you'd find bite marks on women's breasts and and uh they believed it was because of the alps okay considered to be more demon they are believed to have been created from recently deceased relatives a child may become an alp if the mother bites a horse collar, which is like a leather um, portion of a horse's like harness yes. in the plowing equipment. If a mother bites down on one of those while in a particularly painful childbirth, uh. that child might become an alp. Wow. Well, don't give her one then. That's, right? It seems so simple. Yeah. Well, if you don't have any other bits of like leather or something good to bite down on, you know. I'm sure we can think of something. <laughs> I would just stick a brick in their mouth. If you are pregnant and you are frightened by an animal, like a horse startles you or a dog startles you while you're pregnant, uh-huh. your child might be born and might end up an alp. Wow. Born with a call or hairy palm, maybe an alp. Unibrow? Yep. Oh, alp. Totally. Stillborns may also become an alp who uh, comes back to t- torment their family. Wow. Much like witches, they are also known to ride horses to exhaustion in the middle of the night. Fun fact, an alp always wears a hat, known as a tonkop, or a cap of concealment, which mm. is what makes it invisible. Huh. Ways to protect yourselves from an alp. Steel crosses, mirrors, shoes at the foot of the bed with the toes pointed to the door. Broomstick under the pillow, which does not sound great. Mm. Um, my favorite, though, is, okay, this, this is the best. If you wake up with an alp on your chest, mm. you ask him to leave and come back in the morning for a cup of coffee. Huh. He'll leave and return in the morning, either in his true form or as a man with a unibrow. You can then convince him to leave you, your family, your household alone, but he will beg most pitifully. That's a really likely story. I love this. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That has the ring of truth. (laughs) So it's vampiric in the sense that it was it's it's 
sort of like the deceased relatives, um, and they drink nipple blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, Watch I don't even. Or, or as I call it, vein milk. Vein milk. <laughs> <laughs> I always call it that. I've never called it that before. <laughs> well, now every time I misplace something or anything bad happens, I'll just go, yeah, the Alps. The Alps. <laughs> and no one will know what the fuck I'm talking about. No, if you wake up in the middle of the night, just sort of breathless, just be like, come back in the morning for coffee. Right? Yeah, right. I love it. Well, you can you can either you either tell it to come back in the morning for coffee or you'd be like, hey, if you come back in the morning, I'll give you some cookies. Like you, you have to entice it to come back in the morning. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it's like, oh, yeah, man, that sounds dope. All right. See you in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's like, um, come back in the morning uh, for, for wake and bake. Yeah. You know? We'll do a joint. It's gonna be great. We got I got some good bud. Man, uh-huh. come back. I'm tired right now. Yeah. Um. And then the last one I want to throw out to you is the. There's a yokai for that. The Yay. Nikosui. Okay. Also known as the meat sucker. Mmm. I'm in. Yeah. Right. So if you are ever traveling alone on a dark road and you see a woman without any light, with any uh, lantern or anything like that, and she comes to you asking for for light so that she can see what she's doing run okay don't do it um she's a beautiful woman standing on a dark road and will ask a passing stranger for his lantern as the man gets closer she will blow out the lamp and suck the meat from his body leaving nothing but bones in a skin sack yeah sometimes they will sneak into your home sex you up and then devour your meat at her leisure wow to protect oneself from the nikasui people would travel with extra lanterns. It was actually really common practice in these two uh, uh, provinces in Japan to travel with multiple lanterns because there was this one area where it was just sort of feared that she was lurking. Mm -hmm. So she's mostly a cautionary tale of strange women sucking you dry. Yeah. Um, But also there was this actual real folk belief in, uh, I think, a lot of the world, but it, it said very particularly in China and in Japan um, that a excessive loss of semen could cause a man to be weak, anxious, and possibly even die. Wow. Therefore, promiscuity was not only bad for social reasons, but health ones as well. So she was sort of a cautionary tale of, like, don't don't go dip in your wick everywhere because it could kill you. Yeah. Oh. And, and keep your lantern on. Keep your, just bring an extra lantern. Yeah, okay. And also the males are always the victims. Here. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I was doing a lot of the research and almost everywhere I was finding uh, it was women. Women were were the ones seducing the men. Mm-hmm. Women were the one that were were drinking the blood and, and killing everybody. Um, and again, I think a lot of that is just socially because a woman that you haven't married and bred with mm-hmm. is a danger to your wallet, to your life um, and to not be tempted by strange women. And yet well, our no. European beliefs in vampires is the flip, flip side. Was, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. I was just going to say, uh, that that may fly in your Japan and so, so forth, but back in the Balkans where I come from, there's <laughs> a bunch of guys with plowshares through their sternum. Yeah. <laughs> but it, set the record straight. It was probably a woman who turned that man into a vampire. Uh, no, 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 I don't no. know. No, he turned a bunch of women into uh, vampires who then get burned as witches. Yeah, because they, they didn't really transform other people into vampires. They just died and came back, right? Yes. They were yeah. possessed. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so where, where did that fanciful, uh, I bite you and then you're one of us thing happen? Was that also I, 19th century? Was that Polidori? Yeah. And stuff? Okay. I think that comes with our our definite uh, uh, sort of pr- sort of post-revolution kind of yeah. literature. No, that's not right. Something like that. Post, <laughs> what's it called? Post, yeah, post-revolution, post-enlightenment. Not enlightenment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like post-18th century, 19th century. Post-toasties. Post-what? Post-toasties. Oh, yes. They're delicious. <laughs> it happened sometime after that. Sometime after breakfast, I have <laughs> All right, so that that's all I got. Um, and I feel like we had our little uh, uh, talk about vampires and pop- popular culture. Yeah, I, I, I got my modern uh, five minutes in. <laughs> Was that fun? Oh, it was great. I, I, I actually learned an awful lot here today, and I, I really enjoyed it. That's what I love about your show is that you you do the research, and then you throw it at each other, and it's super fun. And, and I, as the innocent bystander, uh, uh, just take in the, uh, the information and go, that was really delightful. And now I, I'm... I'm totally writing like 48 stories from this, but I, I'm probably going to start with the guy in the pit, uh, in the whole yeah. pit, the last guy there, and he's really well fed. Uh, and uh, somewhere in there, I also need somebody with a big stone in their stomach yeah. and, and various other people with bricks in their mouths. Yeah. A, this is great. Nice. Thanks, Yay. everybody. So we change your mind on vampires a little bit? Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nice. well, thank you so much for coming to this, sure. Dad. That's awesome. Thanks for letting me sleep on your couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the whole reason he's here. <laughs> sleep on my couch. <laughs> um, so if you have any vampire anecdotes, any stories, you want to call us out on our bullshit, you want to say hi to my dad, or if you want more of him, let us know at our email, zombiefishbowlpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at zombiefishbowlpodcast or Zombie Fishbowl Podcast. And uh, we're also on iTunes, so please subscribe, leave us stars, leave us reviews, tell us how pretty we are, all that cute stuff. Yes. Um, this week, I am turning over the quote. Uh, well, I, supposed to, I was supposed to do a quote, and let's just be honest, I forgot to get a quote. So <laughs> Skip has very kindly said that he has thought of a quote off the top of his head. So what's your quote this week? Oh, man, I, I already said, vampires are assholes. John Skip. Nice. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> well, then that all that leaves me to say is, Melanie, oh, wait. don't panic. We need to pick a topic. Shitting bricks. Yes. <laughs> Kid mouth. Yes. We do need to think of a random topic. <laughs> random topic picker. Random topic picker. Danielle forgot to pick a topic, so she's going to do that now. <laughs> I anticipate you're spinning a wheel somewhere yeah. that has them all. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Shared delusions. Ooh. <laughs> all right. We'll figure out what I can come up with that. Well, it should be fun. I think that'll yeah. be fun. Anyway, so now that all that leaves all that leaves me to say is, don't panic. Ah! <laughs> that was weird. 